Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V. I'm your host, as always, Jack Cavanaugh, joined by the all-pro safety, the Detroit Lions legend, the interception leader, Glover Quinn. Yes, sir. What's up, man? Not too much. It's been a good weekend, not having to worry about the Lions, just being able to coast off that victory. Are you experiencing the same? Oh, yeah, man. It's always fun, you know, when you play on Thursday night and you get a win. It sucks when you play on Thursday night and you lose because now you got a long time before you play again. But when you play on Thursday night and you win, it feels great because now you get to sit back over the weekend, watch some football, knowing you've already played You've already won. It feels great. As a fan, you know, you kind of like, wow, what game am I going to watch on Sunday? Because I don't have to watch, you know, my team. We've already played. So it feels great. I'm sure they had a great time. I'm sure, you know, those guys got a chance to go back to their schools or whatever this weekend. And probably felt great showing up with a big win. Probably was a great weekend for those guys. So, Hopefully, they came back to work on um, on yesterday and uh, start getting prepared for Seattle. It just makes everything better for everyone, for the players. Like you were saying, it's probably a shorter day on Friday. You get to some of the film, you clean it up, and then it's a shorter day. For people who are at work in their regular day jobs, it's a better day talking to your coworkers after your team wins. And then Saturday is just a day of college football. Got to see Jameer Gibbs at Alabama. And then Sunday, you get to sit back, relax, and watch the Minnesota Vikings completely fail against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you get to watch the Chicago Bears just not show up against the Green Bay Packers. So it was a good weekend. Good weekend in general. Oh, great weekend. And, I mean, based off of what we saw, like you said, from the other teams in the division, um, Minnesota, you know, I, I didn't I didn't peg Tampa as a as a good team at nope. this point in the season. And they were able to get a win against Minnesota. Um, and then Chicago uh, completely laid an uh, egg. Uh, Green Bay, you know, looked, you know, it looked okay. So um, based off of that, will be a, a Lions-Packers uh, showdown for the division if, if both teams continue to play the way, you know, they opened up. So it was a good weekend for the Lions. I feel like, you know, I was talking to one of my, uh, one of my friends on Saturday, Sunday night um after uh while we were watching who played sunday night the cowboys and the the giants, giants. Right? well the cowboys played the giants were yeah, there the too giants, yeah, <laughs> they, were just there. they didn't they didn't make any more plays than i made and i was laying on the couch oh <laughs> but i was just talking to my homeboy and i was like man if i did my my week one power rankings which is very difficult to do like a week one power ranking. But if I did do my week one power rankings, I was like, you know, I will have to put the lines right there, um, you know, in my five through seven spot somewhere up in there. Like I will have to put the lines, you know, and we went back and forth about it. And he's like, bro, and this, I'm like, man, for me, you know, you got to take the trajectory that a team was on at the end of last year, right? Take that into the offseason. Take that into training camp. 
take that into injuries, and then take that into how they played in week one. Right. So the Lions are nine and two in their last two games, in their last 11 games. Right. The Lions were the hottest football team at the end of the season. The Seattle Seahawks made the playoffs. The Lions were a better team. So if they only take 12 teams to the playoffs, the Lions have to had to be number 13, at least on your just saying. And with the way that they played on, on Thursday night in comparison to Seattle, uh, Minnesota, some of the teams that were, say, ahead of them at the end of the year last year, the Lions played much better and, and, and are a much better team. So uh, it was a great week for the Lions, and I think, you know, this week will be even better. Bet Online is your number one source for your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember, to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. And you just look at the NFC in general, there's a hierarchy. There's the teams that everyone expected to be good. The 49ers blow out the Steelers 30 to 7. The Eagles, who everyone puts up there, went to the Super Bowl last year close game with the new England Patriots 20 to five. And then there's the Dallas Cowboys that everyone puts up here 40 to nothing over the New York giants. But last time I checked Kansas city chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are a little bit tougher team to beat than the Steelers, the Patriots and the giants lions absolutely have to be up here in your power rankings and the rest of the NFC. We'll see what happens. Right. I, I, I totally agree. You know, the Steelers are rebuilding. I, I, I would take it. See, um, the Giants, the Giants just looked awful. They did. And I know it was raining and like, but they just looked awful. Like they looked awful. And then, you know, I always look at potential. Like who, who are the wide receivers that they, that they're depending on the, the rookie Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. It's Darren Waller and then everyone else. Like, no man. Like, no, defensively, like, no, they just, the Giants aren't there. They're, they're not going to be there. And you look at last year, it was a decent team, but I feel like they took a step back in the offseason. They took a step back. And then, you know, the Cowboys looked good. The Cowboys looked good. And the thing, the thing that I would say that looked good about the Cowboys is how they won. Um, meaning they did a lot of quick passes, obviously going to the West Coast offense with Mike McCarthy, but their defense is pretty stout. And you saw it last night with the Jets and the Bills. If your defense can keep you close, a special teams play, uh, you got to get a big play every now and then offensively, if your defense can keep you close in ball games, you can win. And the I think the Cowboys defense, if they can stay healthy, they could be pretty good. They got good pass rush. They got good corners on both sides. 
uh, good safeties, linebackers. I think they could be a solid defense. So if you can stay in games, now you're not putting the pressure on Dak to have to throw it 45 times, and you can run the ball, you can play action, you can screen, you can throw quick passes, you can do all those things and keep the turnovers down. And then with your defense, you're probably going to create some turnovers from interceptions by your corners, from, you know, pass rush with Michael Parsons and getting sacks and fumbles and things like that. So the Cowboys look, they look pretty good. But I would definitely have to say the lines. I was trying to go my top five and I didn't have them in any order, but I was like, you know, you got to put the Cowboys up there. You got to put the 49ers up there. Um, uh, who else we said? Eagles. I, yeah, you had to put the Eagles up there. Um, and I think I had one more. Um, and I was planning on this, is what I was planning on. I was planning on putting the winner of last night's game up there. And this was before they played last night. But after watching last night, I wouldn't put either one of those teams in my top five. Right. The Bills did not look good. Josh Allen did not look good. He pressed a lot. And then obviously Aaron Rodgers getting hurt is a huge blow to the Jets. So the Jets won that game, but I wouldn't put them in my top five power ranking. And the Bills lost that game. I wouldn't have them in my top 10 as of right now. They didn't look like they could, like I expected them to look last night. So with that being said, I just just going off of the, I mean, just let me, I will have to put the lines in my top five. They will have to be, I can't think of five teams that play better than the Detroit Lions or look, not even play, looked better. You know, you go to Bucks, Vikings, I can't put them. Panthers, Falcons, no watch. Cardinals, Commanders, no. Um, Texans, Ravens, the Ravens will be maybe up there, but, you know, losing J.K. Dobbins, you know, but they could be up there potentially. Um, The Packers, they looked okay. I would put them probably top 10. I don't know about top five. No. Um, Raiders, Broncos, Dolphins, Chargers. Dolphins put up points, looked pretty solid, but you gave up 34, so I wouldn't put you top five. I would have you top 10, though. You looked pretty solid. The Rams look pretty good, but I don't know. They they would be because Cooper Cup is hurt, and you know they still put up thirty. But is that uh, indictment on Seattle? Like they didn't look great, so I don't know if I'll put them top five, probably in my top ten. And then you got the Cowboys who would be there. Nobody from Bills and Jets. So I I feel like I will have to put the Lions, and the Lions will have to be ahead of the Chiefs for me. So. Um, if I had to do my power rankings this week, I would have to put the Lions, you know, sitting there in the top five. Love it. Absolutely love the Lions sitting top five in the Glover Quinn power rankings ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs. And they have to be ahead of the Chiefs. They beat them head to head. You can't just lose a game head to head and not fall in the power rankings. Looking right. at the Jets, though, they absolutely fell in the power rankings. Aaron Rodgers, we haven't heard official confirmation but everyone's pretty sure it's a torn Achilles. He's going to get an MRI tomorrow. And that just sucks. It just sucks for the sport of football, for the New York Jets fans who finally thought they had a chance. Aaron Rodgers get well soon. Yeah, that's that's tough. And I mean, 
you know, it's it's unfortunate, man. It's just unfortunate. Um, but I didn't. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to say because you look at, you know, in those four plays, he had the same thing happen twice, right? Like, looks like in the huddle they're calling quick game, so they're teaching those tackles on the quick game to cut those those ends so they can get their hands down so you can throw the quick slants or the quick outs so that's what they're that's what they're coached so they're going down to cut those guys and Aaron's not throwing the ball because they're not open right they're sitting on the quick game so there's not an open guy so he's not throwing the ball so you saw it on the second play of the game um he almost got sacked going to his right and he was able to throw the ball out of bounds then they came back and did the same thing to the other side and the other tackle Dwayne cut and now you're trying to spin out of it and so it's just unfortunate because I mean I, I, I a young Aaron Rodgers probably spins out of that and makes a play and nobody thinks twice about it you're not 30 anymore you're not 31 you know you're a little older and so trying to spin away from that and make a play what on what should have been a quick game if if it's not open you just got to throw it in the ground and 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 you know start over but you know it's his Aaron Rodgers it's the adrenaline it's week one it's Monday night football it's the Jets it's a home game it's all those things and so you want to go out and make a play and unfortunately it did not end well for Aaron Rodgers so Feel bad for the Jets, feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, somebody asked me last night, do I think he's done? I'm like, well, I, I don't think a guy like Aaron Rodgers wants to go out injured on Monday night. Like, he's a quarterback, so he doesn't have to be as agile as a wide receiver or running back in, in, in this late in his career. So I'm sure he can get a surgery and get it rehabbed and be able to come back and play quarterback, but maybe one more year. We'll see. Yeah, and he is signed with the Jets for at least one more season as well, so he is under contract. Like you said, I can't see him just saying, this is it, I'm done, walk into the sunset. When he, because he hemmed and hawed for so many years, we talked about it all the time when he was with the Packers. Is he going to retire? Is he not playing the mind games? It finally seemed as though he was over the mind games. He was finally in love with football again. And then this happens. So it just sucks. We wish him a speedy recovery, but quarterbacks, as they age, they start to take on these injuries, much like we've seen with Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams. But Matthew Stafford looked completely invigorated this week in week one against the Seahawks as well. What did you see from Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles Rams? And did they expose anything that the Lions can use against the Seattle Seahawks? Well, they, they looked well. You know, they, they played a, a good second half. Um, obviously they went in at halftime, they were down, but they, they played pretty good second half converting on third down. Stafford was very accurate. Some of the throws that he was able to make, you know, and, and, you know, he, you know, Cooper cut was down, but he found he found another guy's little, little rookie that, you know, caught a lot of passes for a lot of yards, right? Um, defensively, they were able to take it, take advantage of Seattle, um, you know, two tackles being down and Gino had, I mean, threw for 20 yards in the second half. Like, so 
defensively, I think they exposed some things as well. I mean, they they got to have to do something to take care of those digs and those crossing routes because of the lines like to to run a lot of those crossing routes. They run those digs or deep overs and things like that. And so a lot of it depends on, you know, Seattle's running fire zones and things like that. You know, can you pick up the blitz? Can you pick up the pressure and give those digs and those deep overs time to get open? And if they can do that, I think they 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 can put up points on Seattle. And we're seeing that Seattle's offense is struggling to score, especially if they can't protect Geno. And it was just wide open over the middle of the field, play after play after play, which, as we know, Amon Ross St. Brown just eats over the middle of the field. I was looking at some of the stats and you know, every team does it differently. Every stat provider does it differently. So we don't know if these are the actual true numbers, but slot cornerback, Kobe Bryant allowed all seven of his targets to be completed at him. Bobby Wagner allowed all four of his targets to be complete for over 60 yards. Jordan Brooks allowed both of his targets to be complete they just weren't stopping anything over the middle, whether it was the defensive line getting their hand up and batting it down, whether it was the linebackers, the safeties, the corners coming up, they were just free reign over the middle. Yeah. I mean, it was just picking them apart. Um, you know, you look up, you see Bobby had 19 tackles and it's like, wow, that's a lot of tackles. I mean, very active, but you know, they were on the field a lot. They were completing passes. They were like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't like a, you know, it had been different if you had those 19 tackles and y'all won 30 to 13. Then it's like, okay, well, don't. So the 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 Rams did a great job. You know, generally they struggle a little bit against Seattle, um, but they did a great job last night, and I mean Sunday, and they got out to a good start, and especially with that Cooper Cup. You know, I didn't I didn't expect them to be that explosive offensively without Cooper Cup. Um, but they came out and did it. And so that's kudos to Stafford having his guys ready to go. And they went out and did the thing. They did. They did with Stafford and his Facebook, his book of faces of all his young teammates because he doesn't know anyone's name. Seems like he knows Puka Nakua's name, though. He knows his name. <laughs> At least he's number one. He knows where he's going to be. <laughs> And so looking at the Seahawks offense, you already touched on it. Can they protect Geno Smith? That becomes a lot harder when both your left tackle and your right tackle are dealing with injuries and not looking likely to play this week. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And even if they do play, they've been injured. So, you know, they're they're not 100%. And I mean, I was looking at the games this weekend and I did and I said, you know what, man? NFL fans should really, really, really enjoy week one because this is the last time that you would really see everybody like flying around the way you saw it this weekend. I mean, I saw some hits, some effort, um, great plays, excitement. I'm like, man, this is the only week that you're going to see that. Because from here on out, guys are sore. Guys are sore right now, man. Those running backs are sore right now. A lot of those linebackers are sore right now. And guys are injured, take, you know, tight. And now you start throwing in the travel and this. And so comes week two, 
guys are going to play hard. Don't get me wrong. Guys are going to play fast and they're going to be physical, but it's not going to be as intense as week one. Everybody's excited for week one. Week two, you're a little tired. And then you go through that low and hopefully maybe by weeks 15, you get a second win, but you're still tired and that's the new normal. So week one, it's nothing like week one. The intensity, the speed, the, the week one is unreal. And I just was amazed at some of the things I saw over the weekend. Just a hundred percent from every single player, and every single player is at a hundred percent, or almost every single player. You see guys like Brees Hall, healthy Brees Hall, houses that run last night against the Buffalo Bills. But players are just flying around. It is so exciting to see. For the Seahawks, they are already banged up, as you talked about. They're bringing in Jason Peters for a visit. 41-year-old left tackle, right tackle, left guard, wherever you want to play him. He's done it over the past couple years. But even then, it's not like he knows the offense. He's going to take some time to get up to speed. Sounds like it's going to be a big Aiden Hutchinson game. Going to have to be. Going to have to be. And you know what? For the For the amount of pressure that he put on Patrick Mahomes last week, but then get the sack numbers, He's due for a three-sack game to make up for the numbers he didn't get last week and they put him back at three sacks over two games. So I'm going to call that early this week, Aiden Hutchinson, three-sack game. Three sacks for Aiden Hutchinson. Sounds a lot like last year in week two. He was shut out in week one, and then he goes and just destroys Carson Wentz in the commander's offensive line for three sacks. Big game coming from Aiden Hutchinson, and potentially a big game coming from Brian Branch as well. Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver out of Ohio State, the rookie. He's manning the slot for the Seattle Seahawks, and he's faced Brian Branch in the past, all the way back in the 2020 National Championship In that game, JSN had two receptions for 20 yards, and Brian Branch had three PBUs, four tackles. Brian Branch shut down Jackson Smith and Jigba, and he's going to be looking to do the same. But Glover, does that happen often where you're up against a guy that you faced in college? You already had round one, now round two comes as pros. I mean, I think when you're playing those big conferences and those big power fives, you're going to see that. You'll see a corner or defensive end or a tackle or somebody that played against a rusher or receiver or somebody in college and now you're in the pros i i I could see that you know alabama ohio state those guys are those guys are going to play at some point in the playoffs if you're there for four years or three years you're going to run into them at least once um and so yeah i mean the thing about it is you remember and it's all about who has the the better approach for round two, right? Hey, Brian Branch may have won round one in college. That doesn't mean that Jigba, I think, what's his name? Jackson yeah. Smith and Jigba. Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's going to come back ready to go because now he knows, like, hey, man, I went against this guy in college and, like, this is what he did to me or this is that. So I got to come with a different plan of attack. And so hopefully Brian is saying the same thing. Yeah, I went against him, so I understand – him, I'm not afraid of his speed or this, all these things, different things. This is kind of what I was able to do to him in college. And, you know, now he's a pro. Um, that was a few years ago. He's gotten better. Both those guys have. Um, but it definitely helps that you've already faced him before. You know who he is and and you know kind of how he likes to play and, and what you've done to be successful against him. So hopefully Brian can have another good game. And, hey, man. 
nothing like, I mean, Buddy started off last night with three picks in one game. You know what I'm saying? I know what it feels like to have three picks in one game, just not in week one. So, hey, two more picks, and he's locked in the Pro Bowl already, five interceptions. So you got 16 more games to lock in two more plays, and you're good. So Brian had a big game on opening night with a pick six off of Patrick Mahomes. That's a, you know, big-time dream to do that. So it'd be nice to come back home and, and back it up with another big time play, get another interception and get off to a great start. Get another interception this time in front of the home fans, maybe return it for six. Once again, I can't see this Lions secondary taking the Seattle Seahawks offense lightly. DK Metcalf made headlines last week, heading into the Los Angeles Rams talking about how I don't even know anyone in their secondary. I don't even know any of these guys. So I'm going to go off DK three receptions, 47 yards and a TD doesn't matter so much when you lose by two three scores yeah man you know I, these guys are talking a lot man people are talking a lot and you know it's funny but you just make yourself targets when you do that you know patrick peterson talking about brock purdy and i'm sitting there watching the game i'm like pat p come on man you talking about intercepting and waiting for this and this and that and i look up how you got these catches, two touchdowns in the first half, and I felt like both of them was on Pat P. The first one, you might could say it wasn't, but he stemmed him outside. Pat P slips, and he breaks in for a touchdown. Like, I mean, I don't know what you're playing to where you wouldn't be trying to squeeze that. The safety wasn't there, so I don't know. And then the second one, you get beat on the fade route, and, I mean, then they took you up top, I think, another time with Ayuk. So I was just like, man, these guys are good. So to be here, like, I don't even know who any of these guys are. Like, okay, they're, they're still NFL starting defensive backs. Whether you know who they are or not, you better get to know some of these guys because these guys can play. Um, but people are talking a lot, man. It's funny. It's good for the game, I guess, the entertainment side of it. Um, but you can't take these guys lightly. No, you can't take any team lightly. You can't take any player lightly. They are an NFL player for a reason. We saw an undrafted rookie get the game-winning touchdown last night against the Buffalo Bills. Anything can happen. Any player can make any play. And it's interesting you mentioned the talking as well. I just want to pivot to Jamar Chase real quick, calling the Browns elves and then getting beat by a bunch of elves. Yeah, I mean, and you know, and they go back and forth all the time, right? Jamar Chase and 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 Cincinnati and Cleveland, they go back and forth all the time. And it's fun. It's entertaining. It's good. And, you know, sometimes Cleveland gets the, the better of them. You know, Denzel Ward has had his number a couple of times, you know. And, hey, man, y'all didn't just get beat by the Fs. Y'all got smacked by the Fs. Y'all got smacked. So, gear up for the next one because it's going to be a good one. But, Cleveland, Cleveland, Cincinnati just didn't look good. And so when he was talking about the power five, I mean, uh, the the power rankings, I couldn't put Cincinnati up in my top five. I'm just like, they just didn't look good. You know, I mean, you say, yeah, it was Joe Burrow. Right. But if Joe Burrow's not there, when you're a top five team, that means your defense should be able to hold things together to where Joe Burrow doesn't have to make that many great plays. He just got to make one drive. And you win the game 13 to 10 because your defense held things in check. So 
the Bengals didn't look good last night either. So, I mean, Sunday either. So, we'll see how they go week one to week two. A lot of things change between week one and week two. And so, we'll get to see next week. And it's interesting to note that the Bengals, they didn't have any other starters play in the preseason, just like the Detroit Lions, just like a bunch of these other teams. Minnesota Vikings didn't have any of their starters play except for Jordan Addison, the rookie. But a lot of these teams that didn't play their starters in the preseason had a rough week one. Lions were able to escape that, but this is where we start to see, okay, is this who the team is or did they have a bad week? Because if you have a bad week, everyone has a bad week. But if you follow it up with another bad week, no, nah, you might just be a bad team. Right. You, you just may be a bad team. And so just because you lose a game doesn't mean you play bad. Sometimes you just play another team that played well, and they just made one or two more plays, right? But you go out and play bad two weeks in a row, especially at the beginning of the season, you're a bad team because coming out of training camp is when you should be at the top of your technique, your fundamentals, your whatever, because you've been working that stuff every day in training camp, right? So when you get to week one and you come out and you penalties, holding, this, that, just not looking great, you come back and do the same thing in week two, it's not good for you, bro. Not good for you at all. So the Lions have some stuff to clean up. The Seahawks have even more to clean up. They are going to clash this weekend in Detroit. Glover, any final thoughts on the competition? Any final thoughts on this game on week one? And what do you think the score is going to be? Well, I think the Lions, you know, they owe Seattle. Um, I, I think they want to go out and continue to play well and focus on them in this year. But, you know, there's a there's a chip that the Lions have, and, and they definitely want to go out and not put themselves in a situation like it was last year, right? They lose to Seattle, and then Seattle gets the tiebreaker over those guys because of that loss, right? So they don't want that to happen again this year. So you got to beat these NFC opponents. Now they got them in 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 Detroit, home opener for the Lions, coming off a big win. They're going to be excited. Four fields going to be rocking. So get your popcorn, get your, you know, it's getting a little cool in, in Detroit. So I don't know if you need some apple cider right now, uh, but the, the, the cider meals are open. Get you some donuts and get ready to watch. Uh, the Lions play a good football game in week two. Um, far as a football league standpoint, I think week one lived up to the hype of being excited for football. I think everyone was excited. All the games, I, I think, were pretty pretty much outside of the, the, the 49ers and the, the Cowboys and the Rams, for the most part, it was some good games played on Sunday. I was I was I was impressed, and so week one to week two is kind of like year one to year two for a player. You know, week one to week two, the adjustments, the things that people can do and make. Now that you got some film from what guys are doing, you expect to see a lot of changes come week two. So hopefully you get these teams that went one and one and oh, they can win again. Now they're two and oh, you're going to get some of those teams that's going to lose be one and one. And the teams that play bad in week one, you have to come back and play well in week two, because if you don't, your season could almost be over with after two weeks. So 
that's my spill on it. Go Detroit Lions. Go Detroit Lions. Go get this W over the Seattle Seahawks. It's going to be a good one. A revenge game of sorts from what happened last year. 48 to 45, Glover. Do you remember how upset you were at 48 points from the Seattle Seahawks last year? Yeah. Yeah. We gave, we had Geno Smith looking like a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Can't do it again. No. Won't do it again. Go Detroit Lions. And until we get this win in the bag, we come back to this podcast 2 and O. Oh, we will see you next time. Peace. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.